Hello and welcome to episode two of What the Kale podcast. Today's episode, we will be interviewing Dr. Christian Gonzalez, a naturopathic physician specializing in integrative oncology. Before getting started, just want to thank our show sponsor, Tulsi Wellness Center, located in Del Mar, California. Tulsi is a modern medical center blending innovation with the timeless wisdom of nature. They specialize in progressive forms of natural-based treatments, providing world-class naturopathic doctors, and providing integrative technologies. Check them out if you're looking to restore your health with a natural approach. So today, I just want to start by thanking Dr. Gonzalez for being on the show and just want to turn it over to him for a quick introduction. You know, I'm blessed to be on this show, and I'm glad you're doing this, Devin, because uh, any routes that we as naturopathic doctors or the belief that we have in our medicine can touch other people's lives, man, this is exactly what we need. Um, me, uh, I graduated, I don't know, maybe 2014, 2015 out of school and have been going headfirst into all things cancer. So I did my residency in oncology, integrative oncology. So helping cancer patients undergo treatment keeping them safe and healthy while undergoing treatment. And then what I've been doing a lot of lately, especially since leaving residency, is really going to the root cause of why the cancer came. And cancer is really complex. There's there's so many factors. It's multifactorial as to what the cause of cancer is. So we have the power to test for the really big ones. And then we also have the tools in our kit to really investigate some of the stuff that's harder to test for. So finding and it's different combinations different causes but that's been a really exciting thing in in cancer care that i've been doing is you know even sometimes when we see test results we'll be able to show folks hey i can't say this is why this is what causes cancer but i can absolutely say this is a huge contributor and if we can remove that contributor then they're in a better place of of disease-free remission long term and then cancer never comes back that's the hope so amazing power that we have as naturopathic doctors to help people go through this and put them in a good place. So yeah, this is something that I'm really excited about to bring Dr. G onto this show about because I mean, today cancer is, I mean, a huge problem and just ever growing as we see it. I mean, year after year, more and more people are getting cancer and a lot of people are scared of kind of the routine ways of looking at treating cancer and even more so I'd say less people are even looking at preventing cancer today. Yeah. So so I thought it was going to be awesome to bring Dr. G onto the show to kind of show some people a few different ideas of how they could go about treating cancer, maybe even some treatments that could go along with what they might be already doing, mm -hmm. um, and even more so preventing cancer. So um, just to kind of start off, I guess the first place we could go would be when you typically see a patient, I mean, how does your practice of treating cancer versus kind of the conventional system differ and what maybe similarities are there? Yeah. So uh, when a patient who's undergoing conventional therapy comes, they usually present their case. They say what, you know, when the cancer came and we as naturopathic doctors have been taught how to take really in-depth intakes, right? And then with the power of understanding what questions are really important, we're able to ask, you know, it takes about an hour or so, even sometimes over an hour, where we really investigate the full picture, right? We do holistic approach. So finding out from these patients who have been diagnosed with cancer, 
every detail and nuance about their diet. Um, what have they been exposed to throughout their life? You know, where did I, I asked them where they lived as kids? Did they live on a farm? Did they live by industry? Um, I just want to get an idea about exposure. What was their exposures to mold? And where are they at now? So I try to draw a timeline of what their health was, their exposures was, what their eating was, their medical history was, what their traumas were. And then with that timeline, I'm able to have a better understanding of maybe why they, why their body created a cancer. Alongside that, usually after I'll get um, the medical records and in that medical records, I'll be able to read the oncologist notes and understand, okay, clinically, they tell me, okay, I have breast cancer doctor and it's ERPR positive. All right. Maybe that, maybe they remembered exactly, but some folks are completely off. They don't remember or they're just not accurate with their details. So medical history is so important because we see clinically where they're at and then we're able to read things like prognosis or how aggressive you read pathology reports. Then you have a better clinical idea. And then after that, we start doing some labs and then learning about what, let's say, chemotherapy they're on, the traditional chemotherapies that they have for breast cancer, really predisposing to something called neuropathy, that's numbness and hand, tingling in the hands and the feet, nausea, weight loss. We can support folks going through cancer treatment to prevent that. And if it, if it manifests, then we minimize it. And that's huge because you and I both know how how grueling chemotherapy is or grueling radiation or even just, you know, removal of the breast is, is traumatic in many ways. So we have the power to palliate these symptoms, get them through the treatment, knock on wood, it's not detectable. And then at that very point, then we, we really come in with guns blazing or our therapies. We open up our doctor bag and we say, hey, we have so much we can do for you now. So I always tell them the real work starts once your scan says you're clean, because traditionally they'll say, go home, your scans are clean, you're good to go, go back to your life. The problem is going back to that same life was not serving them in the first place. So we have to find out what changes we can make to these people's lives to prevent that cancer from coming back. Because unfortunately, most of the time the cancer comes back. Yeah, I agree. And I think something that you just mentioned twice or so far is just how multifactorial really cancer is. I mean, today, medicine in the 21st century, traditionally conventional medicine is so compartmentalized. I mean, oftentimes people see cancer, they see a tumor in one spot and they just go after that one tumor for the most part, which yes, I mean, there is a tumor there. You need to figure out how to get rid of that. But by looking at all these other factors, like you said, such as your mindset, your nutrition, your lifestyle, I mean, those are the things that most likely cause this cancer to begin with. I mean, I was reading a study recently that they say even up to 90, 95% of cancer is lifestyle driven. So mm -hmm. if you're not looking at this body as a whole, or a holistic um, avenue, then you're not really truly treating the patient. I mean, yes, you're going to treat and go after that cancer, but not help them. Um, kind of from your angle, how much do you feel like, I mean, obviously these lifestyle pieces really change for a patient. Do you feel like this is really the primary cause and the best avenue to go for in terms of treating cancer? Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, in the context of breast cancer, I know that it, but just exercise can prevent cancer about 30 something percent. Just, just that intervention. And the World Health Organization recognizes that we have the power for nutrition, exercise, smoking, and alcohol to take a huge chunk for prevention of cancer. So that 30% is, 30 not, even is doing anything not even doing anything else. It's just exercising, uh, 
what what we see is about 30% prevention, just exercise, wow. you know, aerobic, anaerobic exercise. So why would we not, why, why in the prevention of cancer, why in every single doctor's visit throughout your whole life, we're not pushing exercise, a specific amount of aerobic and anaerobic exercise, because we know that's preventative. It's one of the most powerful preventative uh, interventions you could do for cancer. And even when you do have cancer, it's still one of the most powerful things you could do, as powerful as many other medications that you can take during cancer, So, um, which is why I always push movement. Yeah. For everyone, and especially if your mom has breast cancer or your aunt has breast cancer, it's over. Exercise has to be part of your life because in the context of obesity, that's a big issue. That's a big predisposition. If you're obese and, and you have a family history of cancer, you have to have to start changing your life. Besides, I guess, just exercise, then what would be maybe like your top five recommendations to change in order to... if Maybe you have cancer or you're scared about getting cancer someday. What are kind of the five big ones for you? Yeah, ooh, that's good. So exercise is one of the top top of the top. Um, because, we'll say, because I do mostly breast cancer, but uh, all cancers, you have to get your nutrition right. Now, I'm not here to say, go to this diet, go to this diet. That's going to prevent this, this, and that. What I will say is that we know the power of plants is is game-changing, Right. One of the most important aspects of cancer care is antioxidants. And it's so basic because we hear so much about antioxidants, but persistent oxidation, which is produced literally just through eating, we're producing oxidants, but then eating crappy food, being exposed to environmental toxins, massive amounts of exercise, even like the, the, we always producing oxidants. Do we have antioxidants in our body to replenish and negate what those oxidants do? And what they do is they can, they can, push the damaged DNA over and over and over. As I damage DNA, that that can create a change in the DNA such that it can stop the process of stopping cancer growth and it can turn on the process of pushing cancer growth. And we need to pay attention to the food that gives us these antioxidants. That's literally plants, right? Every single color, red, orange, yellow, blue, blue, green, violet, the whole rainbow of colors. We're going to be getting different antioxidants, doing different things. Uh, potent sources are things like even matcha. Why do I talk about matcha tea or green tea? Because it's been shown to be preventative for breast cancer and head and neck cancer and prostate cancer. You've got to remove that stuff. I would say number two, that's number two. Number three would be removing anything that's disrupting your hormones, men and women. Yeah. Unfortunately, many women are uh, exposed to more hormone-disrupting chemicals because of makeup, right? They're using a lot of makeup, and they have a lot of heavy metals and hormone disruptors. But men and women are consuming dairy, and dairy is 10,000 times more potent than plastic. Although, of course, plastic is ruining our environment. But still, we have to remove all of what they call xenoestrogens. These xenoestrogens are disrupting our hormones, men and women, big predisposition for men over time for prostate cancer, women for breast cancer, uterine cancer. We need to remove these. So thinking about what our exposures are that disrupt our hormones is going to be really big. 
we we're going back to foods, cruciferous vegetables, protecting your liver, taking care of your liver, making sure you're metabolizing your hormones correctly. Even if you are being exposed to all this crap, you want to make sure your liver is doing its job. So you're getting that from sulfur rich foods like cauliflower, broccoli, kale, uh, broccoli sprouts, which are really potent da- daikon radish and make sure you're cooking them correctly. Um, we lose half of the benefit if we're steaming for about 10, 12 minutes. So I always say the intervention, I am put it up on Instagram all the time, is to put in a raw cruciferous vegetable with that. Let's say I'm cooking broccoli. You got to steam it lightly and then add in something like mustard seed powder or daikon radish, something raw with it, and that'll help replenish that therapeutic enzyme, which is helping your liver detoxify those hormones. So really important. I would say the very last thing is really addressing, not the last thing in Leonard, of importance, of all are as important, but really addressing internal traumas, internal things, forgive, forgiveness. You have to be able to forgive because holding in those traumas, many shamanic cultures believe that cancer is just the suppression of traumas growing and growing and growing in the body. So for me, the mental, emotional, mind, body part is just as important as exercise is just as important as cruciferous vegetables or, or all those nutrients. So five how much does that all cost nothing half of it's free right and then and then i'll add a little bonus go outside go outside be in the sun and take off your shoes what i think that a big part of it is coming away from our natural impulses Definitely. right we evolved so we evolved with nature and so fast we've become industrialized that we've detached from nature and that detachment I'm telling you has caused a huge toll on everything, all things health. So ask yourself if you've been diagnosed with cancer, how can I get back to nature? What ways, how, where can I change the way I sleep? Can I fix my rhythms? God, sleep is another important one, but can I fix my rhythms? Can I take off my shoes? All of that. How can you get back to nature? Because I do think a big part of disease is just us being removed from a habitat habitat. It's like a lion being removed and put in a, a zoo being removed from the Serengeti where it thrives. Now it's in a zoo, losing weight, refusing to eat diet of food, uh, eating food that's not natural to it. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, definitely. I mean, I think just like what you're saying, I mean, so much of this is just due to unnatural ways of living today. I mean, eating food that, I mean, I don't even want to call it food right yeah. now, you know, by saying yeah. that, but that's what we're doing. We're putting that in. Then we're exposed to, I mean, toxins every single day is, yeah. I know you talk about, and I love trying to preach as well. Um, and then from not exercising, I mean, we just are not doing what our bodies naturally are made to do. I mean, we've been around for over 2 million years and now some reason the last hundred, 150 years, we just decided to stop being who we are humans. Exactly. What we used to walk miles and miles and miles. Now we don't walk. We used to have no shoes on walking miles. Evolutionarily, we had so many cues literally from just having rocks touch our feet what that did to our bodies we're just we've we've artificialized our whole life and i i do i really deeply believe that these artificial measures artificial light artificial clothing artificial sleep artificial phone blue light mm-hmm. all of this is affecting us chipping away little by little so we live in a modern society do it but also don't forget where you came from Definitely. So, um, I just want to maybe now talk about just something that has always been in my mind since, I mean, one of the very few, t- 
first few times you and I met, we had this conversation about cancer and you said something along the lines, um, stop me if it was wrong, but along the lines that actually a tumor or something cancerous can be a good sign that it's actually your body trying to put away something. Um, can you maybe talk about that? Cause I know traditionally people always hear cancer tumor and freak out, but, um, the way you kind of displayed that to me one day um, was honestly something I've never heard and stuck in my mind because, I mean, our bodies are innately genius. I mean, mm -hmm. it has such a smart way of doing things. So if you can maybe just outline that topic a little more. Right, right. Towards the end of what you said is exactly that. We have this inherent intelligence that we kind of don't pay attention to, right? When we get a cut on our foot, we just expect it to heal. Yeah. We don't ever appreciate the intelligence of the whole cascade that happens to heal our cut in our foot. The same goes if we go to the gym and we pull something, we just expect it to be better, mm -hmm. right? Because our body knows what balance is. As we become nutrient depleted, inundated with everyday stress, detached from nature, exposed to all this environmental crap, right? Our body's new normal shifts to a different vibe. Right. Course, yeah. Not as not as high vibe of health as it was before, but a different vibe just to sustain your life. Because if it stayed at this vibe, but was being insulted with all this stuff, you wouldn't live. The body's main goal is to maintain the organism us. Right. It does it through homeostasis. But as we inundate ourselves with poor nutrition, and everything else I spoke about, the spectrum goes lower and lower. Cancer is on the end of the spectrum. It is. It is an end-stage compensation mechanism by the body to maintain the organism's life, hmm. which is why it's so dire. Of course. Unfortunately, and, and look, unfortunately, we don't have or pay attention to the signs that are happening before. Um, I mean, I've met people who were like, I've been, I was pretty healthy, and then boom, cancer. And sometimes it's hard to say, but you can't always detect some of the things that are brewing in the soup that causes cancer, right? So the body... And this is, this has been something that I've always been intrigued with because it has to, we have to stay consistent as healers. If we believe that we can put the body in a place to heal, right? Just by, let's say, ulcerative colitis, yeah. right? The, inf the inflammation all throughout or, or in the, in the digestive system, right? If we have the ability as naturopathic doctors to help negate that, help negate the immune system's attack, right? We, we're giving the correct environment for the body to heal, then we can reverse ulcerative colitis. The same thinking, because we're, we're working with the body's innate intelligence, the same thinking goes with cancer. Can we work with the body's innate intelligence? Now, conventionally, we're not doing that. Conventionally, we are villainizing the cancer and we are working against what the body's trying to do. And yeah, we can get rid of a tumor. I've seen tumors get conventionally go, you know, you do it through surgery, radiation, chemo, mm -hmm. and it's gone. But the problem is, is we're not addressing the soil. We're Definitely. just taking out the weeds and thinking that we beat the body. You ain't never going to beat the body. The body knows what it's doing with doing its innate intelligence better than any oncologist in the world, better than any scientist or doctor in the history of the world. We don't understand the complexities of the body. In many ways, and I've seen it happen, I've seen tumors be the main source of holding in toxins throughout somebody's life. I've seen it. I've seen, I've seen a girl with tattoos from her neck down to her toes who worked as a hairdresser and the tumor holding in toxins in the body. Mm -hmm. And through detox, I've seen it happen, the tumor shrinking. 
that's that, that to me i go wait a minute the tumor was just holding in yeah. all of that crap throughout this young girl's life so i say all of that to say this instead of saying why the cancer why me maybe you can say thank you my body for creating this cancer how do i work with the body what now right that's <laughs> radical thinking but to be honest we need radical thinking because we're not doing anything in cancer care people are dying right and it's it's it cancer care is very grim right now so that's that's what i'm submitting to people change your perspective to see how you can work with the body be be grateful for your body keeping you alive and then coming out of that definitely and i mean this is fundamentally one of the biggest reasons why i wanted to bring dr g on today and talk about this because i mean cancer is everywhere now i mean i saw something recently that i think it's like one in four people now are supposed to get cancer in the united states in their lifetime one in three in men even mm -hmm. um so i mean it's i mean it's everywhere i mean just in this room right now inside my apartment here i mean one of us is going to get cancer yeah, statistically speaking it's incredible and then like as when we're old hopefully healthy young men um it'll be one in two men yeah one in two which is crazy right now breast cancer is one in eight women but i do firmly believe that it's going to get it's going to be getting worse unfortunately because Look how the food system has changed. Look how much, look how much more hormonal, uh, and xenoestrogens are out there for young girls. I was just talking about this morning. You know, you look at a 13 year old girl, she's way curvier than she was when we That's were kids, so yeah. right? When, when we were young. It's changing. There's so much more hormonal influence and it's messing. I mean, there's girls on birth control way earlier. There's girls getting their period at 11 years old. Things are changing hormonally for people, and I do believe, unfortunately, that's going to translate in the future to more breast cancer. Of course. I mean, just like everything you said so far, I mean, so many of these are the fundamental issues that are causing cancer today. I mean, but I want to kind of talk about prevention as well. Do you feel like all of these are similar ideas to preventing cancer? Can you even prevent cancer? A thousand percent. So five, ten percent of cancers are genetic. So if your mom had it, it does not mean you're going to get it. Yeah. It means we have at least 90 percent uh, power to make that change, to make that change when we do it with diet, all of those nutrient-rich, dense foods that I talked about, hormone-balancing foods. The, the thing is, for the most people who are diagnosed with cancer, making a radical dietary change can reverse some cancers. I've seen it happen. But most people, that's not enough, right? Because I've seen world-class um, fitness folks who've eaten so well throughout their life get cancer. I've seen a triathlete back in residency. He had cancer. He was, in the, he was the, literally the most fit man I think I've ever seen. At the time, I didn't have the, um, the, the authority to do an environmental toxin test. We weren't doing those there. But now, in retrospect, if he came to me now, of course I'd look at it. So that's what I'm saying. I was saying that there's sometimes like something brewing that we can't even feel. We can't really feel the effect of persistent formaldehyde in our body or dioxin in our body. But if we're, we have it in our home at high levels, it's off-gassing everywhere. Then we go to our office, and then we're being exposed to it. And then our car, right? Throughout life, just because, or not, and then our mattress, and then just because we don't feel it doesn't mean it's, it's not brewing, which is, I stress the importance of anyone who's predisposed to cancer, who wants to prevent cancer, who has cancer, to take an environmental toxin test because of the, the, they're insidious, they, they bubble up, and then they push, we know that 
there are very specific environmental toxins like benzene, toluene, formaldehyde that can cause cancer. Direct formaldehyde, formaldehyde is a carcinogen, but we have it at low levels in our house. So what we, we can, we, I see a plant over here. We need more plants in our home to start negating that. We can make easy interventions, clean up our home, air purifiers, start becoming more aware of what a clean home looks like, right? If you're going to buy a new bed, maybe, just maybe, start researching how you can put a little bit more money into buying a better quality bed that doesn't off-gas. I found a lot of passion in, in environmental medicine because no one talks about it, Definitely. because people make interventions with hormones and diet. We have a lot of people doing that already. We don't have a lot of people talking about the things that are quote unquote outside of us, right? So that's prevention right there, environmental medicine. You're using a lot of makeup, lotion, men and women, whatever it is we're putting on our bodies, start looking and taking inventory of what we're using because we can, you know, don't, I'm not saying throw all of your makeup away, but just remove one thing, mm -hmm. cross-reference it with environmental working group, um, uh, skin deep database by using that, then you can find out, Oh man, like this is, this is crap. It's disrupting my hormones. We know that it's got heavy metals. It's messing up my immune system a little bit every day adds up. Definitely. You know, I mean, that to me is like one of the things that's always frustrated me. I mean, you see everything that these regulators are putting out there. Well, if you only have this amount in your body every single day, you're fine. It's no big deal. But the thing is, like you said, we're exposed to it time and time again. I mean, from the moment you wake up, take your first breath, you get out of your bed. I mean, I saw one of your podcasts, you kind of went through all of the different factors that happen, I think just in like the first two hours of your yeah. day and just the exposures that you have are happening every single day. And not only are you being exposed multiple times, but these accumulate in your body. It's not just like they're in and they're out right mm -hmm. away. I mean, many of these absorb into your fat. I mean, they stay in your system, especially the heavy metals. Exactly. And then, I mean, you're not just getting those tiny part per millions that the, everyone's saying you're having. I mean, they're accumulating and causing a lot of havoc in our body. Yeah. And not to mention, the synergy, right? You you can do a direct test on one chemical and say in a vacuum doesn't it, we don't have to worry about it at, at, at this part per million. It's fine. You're good at part per billion even. It's fine, but we don't understand the synergy of what that formula does. Definitely. It's hard. It's hard to have um, let's say a lotion with 25 chemicals and test all 25. You know the first two, then the one and three, and then one and four, and understanding how they all work together and then all together. So we have a liver, kidneys, lungs, skin, we poop, uh, we urinate, all, we have all of these detox mechanisms. So the other part of it is really maximizing these mechanisms, mm -hmm. right? So we can live in a world that is increasingly more toxic, unfortunately, but we can empower ourselves by going, let me sweat, right? You can sweat at, you can sweat at the gym. You can find or buy an IR sauna. If you have the money for it, IR saunas are powerful. They will help remove all of these things in your body or a lot of these things day to day. Um, sweating, you know, hydrating, making sure you're going to the bathroom every day, major for hormones, right? You're pooping out estrogen. If you're, if that's why anyone who has cancer, especially breast cancer, you got to make sure you're going to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. So we can detox. We just have to give our bodies more love. So find out what foods help feed your liver, help feed your kidneys, right? Are you breathing, right? Like, are you holding your breath or are you truly breathing out all that crap? So being aware of all these things, we're powerful. We can change things. We can, with informed consent, make decisions and change. We can help our bodies powerful and has the knowledge to detox. These are preventative techniques, eating better, getting closer to nature, handle your stress. For sure. 
if, you, if your stress is getting you day to day, you are messing up literally every single system in your body. Stress has an effect on every system in our body. For me, it's digestive. For the people that get headaches, neurological. Regardless, stress, meditation, yoga, I don't care what you do, but handle that stress day to day. You can't let that overflow your bucket. Exactly. And I mean, I think that's really one of the major reasons that drew me towards naturopathic medicine. Besides some of the modalities, we have this thing called our therapeutic order, which is um, basically when we have a patient, how we're going to approach them, where we start and where we go. And the very first step is we remove what's called removing the obstacles to cure. Um, just like you said, we don't always just need to throw, hey, take this, take this. But a lot of the times is we need to remove all of these pieces out of our body, being these toxins, um, either getting them out of your house from where you first were exposed or just removing them through your body through detoxification mm -hmm. pathways. But I mean, why ever look at treating cancer if you're not going to, like you said, pull the weeds from the soil to start with? Because I mean, without that, you're just going to be going down the same road that you were, that got you to this point to begin with. So, um, by removing all these obstacles, you really are going to set yourself up one to allow your body, this genius body that we were talking about earlier to do what it can do and fight back. I mean, we have this awesome immune system that every day we're fighting cancer. I mean, there's cancer cells growing in my body yeah, as we right speak now. here, but, um, luckily I try to do everything that we speak about. I mean, obviously it's not a guarantee, but I think the odds are going to be a lot higher in my favor by going down this road. So. Yeah, and one of the biggest obstacles to cure is a person's mindset. If they don't want to get better, you can be the best doctor, you can give them the best protocol, they're not going to get better. You know, And that, that can be a reality for people. You have to meet them where they're at, mm -hmm. right? So you have to get a really good feel how, how motivated someone is to being like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do anything I can because it's important for me. Or if people are, you know, Ah, uh, you know, I, it's, it's a little bit too much. You, you can't, you got to take ego out and be like, all right, I'm going to meet this person where they are, but I will as a doctor inform them of what okay. is in front of us. So uh, obstacle to cure is everything outside and even internally too. I agree. One piece I want to talk about that we mentioned a little bit earlier is just the, um, psychosomatic, uh, piece that's causing cancer as well. I mean, so many of your doctors, I'm sure you go in there and you might've heard a little bit, change your diet. You might've heard a little bit, yeah. remove some toxins, but I'm sure very infrequently you are hearing, you got to change your mind as well. Um, can you maybe just discuss a little bit how important this is by just improving your mind, keeping your mind healthy, um, which I guess also correlates with your soul as well. And just, yeah. just talk about this piece as it's well. It's game changing. It's game changing because why do we do double blind studies because of the placebo effect? Because literally your mind is a factor in how people approach therapy, right? Because of the influence of your, the power of your mind that it has on your body, we have to account for that in studies, the placebo. Um, and what I'm saying that to illustrate that our mind is powerful to heal. Now, I'm not saying this is not doctor's order. If you have cancer, go to close your room and just believe that you don't. You, you can, by all means, absolutely do that, but also look for other therapies too. Um, but in the context of mind-body, it is a huge piece of that pie. And when patients come in, I'll draw a piece of the pie and I'll I'll, I'll draw, especially like depending on the cancer, if in, infection's a big part of it, inflammation's always leading, all these things are leading to inflammation and changes in DNA. But, you know, we'll, we'll do environmental toxins, just the way I see their cancer. But always, always there's a huge chunk that has to do with mind, body, emotion, 
sense of purpose, right? We are here to fulfill something, right? Otherwise, we would never be incarnated to this earth. We're here to do something. We're certainly not here to type in numbers at a job we don't like. <laughs> certainly not. Um, so if you're not fulfilling your sense of purpose, you will feel it. You will feel it in your stomach. You will feel it in your back. You will feel it in your head. I don't care where. As that builds up throughout your life, you're predisposing yourself. And I say that confidently because thoughts, thoughts are as epigenetically strong as, let's say, broccoli sprouts, mm -hmm. right? Your thoughts can change your genes. Just, just go read about Joe Dispenza and his work. Your thoughts change your, z your genes or, um, or uh, biology of belief, belief, Bruce Lipton. Same idea. Our thoughts and emotions have power over our genetic environment and they can help express very specific health-promoting genes or, contrarily, start expressing ones that are detrimental to our health, unfortunately. So you got to check your brain. you got to check your thoughts. you got to check where your alignment is or where it is not. And I mentioned before, paying close attention, going back. I've seen... Man, I've seen cancer change people's lives. It's it was it's literally like a detour in their life. Their life was going one way. All of a sudden, they're doing something they love, and or they forgave their partner from years ago that they divorced. It it, it is an opportunity as much as it is a disease process, right? So, using that opportunity to change who you are is one of the most important factors in permanent cancer healing, long term, for it never coming back and then dying of old age one day. You have to, have to. I don't care if you have the best doctor who puts you in the best protocol. Hear these words and understand that the mind, body, the soul purpose, why we're here, how to change the world, forgiveness, traumas, small traumas, big traumas throughout your life. Go back and audit your, your whole life and then see what the big picture has given you. Because look where you are. Why are you here? Big Think of that about the piece of pie. Food, environmental toxins, traumas, whatever it is, infections, inflammation. But... Know that you're here, and now you have the opportunity to change that reality, which we can do. Exactly. I mean, so for you, I mean, when a patient comes in, and I just want to show you guys a little bit different version of a prescription, what would you do to prescribe a patient a way to change their mentality? Because obviously that's so important. Um, obviously your prescription's not going to be a drug, because yeah. that's not usually what we like to go for. But what type of prescriptions would you give a patient? There? Yeah, so... Uh, there is, there's a great book uh, called Radical Remission that is already from the, you have to put patients in a place to understand that they have much more power than they believe in their oncologist's office. Radical Remission was a book uh, written, um, there was a, I believe it was a Harvard PhD, what she did was put together the out of a date, she interviewed hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of cancer patients and then put together in a database all the commonalities of what they said, used whatever algorithms, and then put together the top, I believe it's maybe 10 or a little more, 12, 10 or 12 um, criteria that are the most powerful things for anti-cancer. There's mind-body in there. So I already have them read that to know that they have the power to cause remission in their cancer. Do not give up all of your power to an oncologist. And I'm certainly not against, I'm not saying I'm against anything, but know that you can't just go in there and go, they're going to heal me. You're going to heal yourself. And it, it takes you actively being there and you, have, you can't just sit back. So I have them read that book. And I am a proponent that everyone should meditate. 
I, sometimes I hear meditation is not for me. It doesn't work for me. It's too, my mind is too crazy. Well, you need meditation then that you even need it more. Everyone, everyone should find some time to find meditation because through that, I just spoke about sense of purpose. I just spoke about trauma. I just spoke about forgiveness through that you become in tuned. You may not get answers when you're sitting down meditating, but you certainly will be in a place to be exponentially more reflective. And through that reflection, you then start healing all of those wounds that push that cancer process in the body or that, or that caused or, or, or contributed to that cancer process in the body. So, Meditation. I teach them how to meditate. I teach them right from the get-go, like, how can we make interventions? What, how can we meditate? 15 minutes. And then all of a sudden, you got someone doing, I kind of like meditation. I'm going to do it for 20 minutes. Next thing you know, one of my patients is doing 45 minutes to an hour every single wow. day. That puts you, it's the quickest route for you to be in touch with all of these things and start handling that mind-body part. And then finding joy, literally, like gratitude. If you're not grateful for... If you're not even paying attention to the couch you are sitting on or the bed you slept on, then then you're not seeing the big picture. So finding gratitude and all these things could change your perspective. You have to see life through a different lens. Mm -hmm. In the hardest time to see it through that lens, through cancer, you put on that lens and you could see life in a more loving lens. This isn't just woo stuff. This is you go look at meditation and cancer. Go look at yoga and cancer. Go look at mind body and cancer. These are all anti-cancer therapies, pro-healing, I don't even like using the word anti, pro-healing therapies, as important as a protocol, as important as a diet. Um, and we can do it. And, and we can just, you know, we all, as naturopathic doctors, it's so easily accessible for anyone at this point to learn how to meditate. There's apps out there that teach you how to meditate. So that's why I'm such a big proponent of it. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, all of these modalities are exactly why I wanted to bring you on the show because I feel like like we talked about, there's so many people out there with cancer, more and more people are getting cancer, but oftentimes if that does happen, they go to their oncologist and are just told, okay, we could do radiation, we could do surgery, gamma knife, whatever it may be. And that's typically the only option. But I mean, what we're talking about here is really giving your body the full support, everything that it needs to help heal, help to fight cancer. Um, however, I mean, still there are times Western medicine still might need to be used, but um, can you maybe talk about how these two worlds can be married? Because I mean, this is one of the battles that we face today is just like we see naturopathic medicine, we see Western medicine. However, in reality, these two fields could be married together perfectly. I mean, and do you maybe want to talk about that from a yeah. oncology standpoint? Yeah, it's medicine. It's medicine. We all have our different approaches to medicine. Um, but my training was in integrative oncology and we made it work very well. Right. And for the folks who didn't want naturopathic medicine and underwent chemo irradiation and then came late to the, to said, no, you know, and second thought, look, I'm getting worse. It's much harder to treat those folks than the ones who just started with us from the get go. We've, I've personally just prevented neuropathy in a chemotherapy that is notorious for neuropathy just by different protocols based for the patient, but then being compliant and wanting to do those changes, right? That's just, that's just neuropathy, which can be life changing for people. Um, them losing their hair is a lot harder, but, but one of the most important things is having people gain, hold their weight. You can't have them losing weight because that by the rapid weight loss, uh, that 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 can limit their access or their treatment 
right? Their treatment can change because they're losing weight so so much, they're, they're weak, they're sick. So what we do is we can come in there integratively and help them maintain their weight, right? We get taught nutrition, mm-hmm. clinical nutrition. We learn how to do nutrition and we can come out to the world and do nutrition well. So we can help these patients stay and, and have and have um have a stable weight throughout treatment. But the, what you were, what you're getting at is integrative medicine. And I'm certainly not one to say, I never told, told anyone, don't do this, do this. You know, I'm against this, not this, because I'll tell you one thing. If tomorrow I find out that there was a tumor that was impinging on my lung and maybe that's why I was shortness, short of breath today. And you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, 25 centimeter giant tumor and it's got to be out otherwise it's going to break through my ribs i need conventional therapy i need surgery i need something in a dire situation and that's where conventional medicine comes in it is excellent it is a gold standard for emergent medic medicine when we are in accidents when we have when we have an aggressive uh, cancer we need that it doesn't do a great job at prevention and it doesn't do a good job at follow-up for cancer so that's where we come in. Our worlds unite for people to have the best outcomes. I believe wholeheartedly without even bias. Let's say I never went to naturopathic school, but I saw everything that I saw that every single hospital in the world needs a naturopathic doctor or functional doctor or somebody who is trained integratively because every cancer patient would be doing so much better through treatment and then after treatment long term. It, it, it's 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 a simple reality. That's I've seen I've seen close to a thousand cancer patients at this point. Same exact thing every yeah. single time. They they do much better when they do, much worse when they don't. Yeah, this integration. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I want to push here on my show. I mean, throughout time is I'm going to be talking with MDs. I'm going to be talking with NDs. Everyone in this field, but everyone knows we need this integration. I mean, the MDs know, yes, you do need to give your body support in the ways that we're going to bring to it. We know, just like what you're saying, there are times that we're going to need this emergent care as well, that the allopathic world is just so brilliant at as well. So um, I really hope throughout, I mean, all the series that we put out and in this talk in oncology, people really understand that we need to bring these two fields together because, I mean, without them, you're only going to get a portion of the care that we need. And once we do have both modalities integrated together, we're going to start healing. We're going to get, start actually feeling better. And at times, I mean, even fight cancer. Yeah. Be very wary of the naturopathic doctor that completely writes off uh, conventional medicine and vice versa. Be wa- very weary of the medical doctor who says naturopathic medicine. No, no, no. What? No, forget that. Right. Because they, that's two opposite sides of the spectrums that is not going to serve your health. Be, pay closer attention to the practitioners who understand that there's a place for all medicine. I would never write off an acupuncturist. I'll never write off a chiropractor. I'll never write off a functional doctor, integrative doctor, medical doctor, emergent doctor, whatever it is. You cannot write off people who are experts who, if and when you are in a situation, you need them. Exactly. So, I mean, just to start maybe wrapping things up here, I mean, as we discussed overall, I mean, you need to change your lifestyle point and blank one Mm -hmm. you just need to i mean by continuing down the road that potentially got you to where you are with cancer i mean you got to change those things Mm -hmm. that might be your lifestyle your food your mind as well from there i mean you got to look into integrating this into your treatment plan i Mm -hmm. mean as you go to your oncologist ask him some of these questions ask him 
hey, should I be looking at a naturopath? Hey, should I be changing my diet? I mean, these are all things that are going to set you up for success. I mean, so everyone out there that's listening to this, I hope you were able to get some great information. Maybe you yourself, maybe a loved one. I mean, I'm sure there's someone in your immediate circle that could get some great value from this conversation today. Um, and just to kind of wrap things up, I just want to see, do you have anything else to say? Do you have anything that you feel like just needs to be put out? Yeah. Um, fasting, what fasting is really good for cancer care. Um, especially cause I do mostly breast cancer, breast cancer, you know, 13 hours is the magic number. So make sure you're intermittent fasting. It doesn't have to be during a day, but you know, have your last meal, sleep, fast a little bit and then eat at least 13 hours sleeping in pitch black. Uh, we didn't get to sleeping enough. I, I had a, uh, recently a show with Sean Stevenson. He spoke all about sleep and he said one quote, it's not a sexy topic. And it's not, but it's certainly far from unsexy when it comes to how powerful it is for cancer care too. We release melatonin late at night. Melatonin is the antioxidant, the anti-cancer, and it stimulates your immune system to start scavenging those cancer cells when you're sleeping. So if you're not sleeping right and your rhythms are off and your cortisol is super high at night, your melatonin is super low at night, your cortisol is really low in the morning, melatonin's high. If if you're not if your body's not following those natural impulses, remember I said get back to nature, then you're putting yourself in a place, again, preventatively, that is not put that you're not doing good. Right? So the importance of getting our diurnal rhythms together. And we do that by we were just talking about your blue blocking glasses. That's a powerful intervention. Literally. Yeah. Get off your phone late at night or put the put the mode that it's like the red light mode, mm -hmm, exactly. get your blue blocking glasses, stop, stop all the ambient light and practice sleep hygiene, become a master of sleep hygiene. So you're balancing your hormones. And then in the morning, open up your blinds, look at the sun. You have a balcony here, go out in your balcony. You know, I, I try to go outside. Literally. I wish I had real grass in the front yard, but if I did, I took off my shoes and ground first thing in the morning. If you have the luxury of having grass in your front yard and getting in the sun, I don't care. <laughs> then do it. Use it. If there's snow outside, I did it in Connecticut. I, I went barefoot, you know, every morning. It didn't last that long because it got really cold, but do it. You know, these again, cheap, accessible, free. You know, and and powerful. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think we'll start wrapping up here. That's All right. it. Thank you, Doctor G. I mean, I'm sure everyone watching this, if you follow me, you probably already follow Doctor G. But yeah. if not, I'll make sure all of his information is in our show notes because, like we said, I'm sure there's someone out there, maybe even yourself, that could use. Dr. G's services because I mean, they're amazing. They work well and everyone could use them from the preventative side to someone that's actively in oncology. So, um, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And we'll do another part down the line. We'll talk about other cancers or, or spirituality or more meditation, man. You know, I love doing this stuff and I'm grateful that you brought me on here. <laughs>